Hello and welcome to Azeroth Coast to Coast with your hosts Kevin, Chris and Gabriel, where we will focus on tips for the aspiring World of Warcraft player. Each week we'll talk about what we've been doing in-game, highlights from news and focus on a weekly challenge to help you improve as a player. This week's challenge is Battlegrounds 101. And with that, let's jump right into the show. All right, Chris, what have you been doing in-game this week? Oh, many things. <laughs> um, I mean, we've jumped into Trial of Valor Heroic, finally. Uh, we got Odin down uh, after a few tries. The uh, massive nerf they did to Trial of Valor was really nice. That made things a little easier. Uh, but we are struggling a little bit on Golf. Don't know why, but we're figuring it out. We got him to 8% and then we wiped. So we're working on it. Uh, just trying to get that, trying to get the curve achievement on that before uh, 7.2 hits. Also, did some Emerald Nightmare, still clearing that every week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Mythics, Mythic Plus, uh, Mythic Pluses. I think we did a 11 or a 12 this week within the time, and that was a lot of fun. And I finally ground out my fishing artifact, which was about goddamn time. Wow, so congrats. I'm working on getting that up. <laughs> cool all right and this is kevin and i did nothing over the past few weeks i actually took a trip no. out to california and really didn't do anything except the companion app so i was able to get some ap and some cash but nothing else lightweight i know That's, that makes me sad you've disappointed me greatly mm -hmm. you're <laughs> in right, great Gav. shame to your family what about you gav uh, I did uh, a lot of mythic pluses with Owl. Uh, we, we ran a whole bunch of those. Uh, we had some keys. Me uh, went in as double DPS. Um, I did a ton of solo queue uh, mythic pluses. Uh, I think the best one I did was like a seven. I'm very happy. I'm finally finding my 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 happy place with my red spec, and I feel much more comfortable pugging as DPS than I do as going into uh, that as a tank. Uh, so I've been able to push some more, uh, some higher mythic pluses, and I'm really happy with that. You know, super casual here, so you know, I'm happy. I got up to my like my six or seven, so I'm okay there. Um, I've been focusing on uh, finishing up my AP grind. I got both Truthguard and Ashbringer up to 34, and I'm now just working on getting. Uh, oh God, uh, the Silver Hand up to 34 i'm like uh 22 i think in that one right now um <clears throat> excuse me uh and i did a couple of little pug raids on uh emerald nightmare uh only got a little ways into it it was it was it was let's be honest it was a shit show um but it was fun i had i had a lot of fun um it reminded me a lot of how the old systems worked and you know hurting cats all day long and uh i did do a pug tov and that one was an unmitigated disaster that that was an absolute unmitigated disaster um that's uh you know people can't despite lfr having been out forever at this point for tov people couldn't get the mechanics down on uh juggling dps on the various targets so that was that was that was uh, a, a great shame upon my family name and and my honor you're talking about your artifact weapon actually reminded me. I got both my glaives up to 35 as well. Hey, congratulations. So, uh, Kevin, how's uh, how's your artifact weapon doing? I actually got to 35. Hey, you finally got that first point into 35. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes, despite everyone's um, uh, advice to the contrary, I guess. Well, well I we mean, told you to get to 35 and then swap to another weapon. Uh, whatever. Play the tapes back. You told me not to put the point in 35. Yeah, I mean, yes, he is right. We did tell him not to. It was kind of pointless until he's gotten everything up to 34. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, how, are, how, how are your other weapons doing there? How's your other weapons doing there, Kevin? I actually did start my start uh, my shadow artifact, so you'll be happy to know that. I still hey. can't play shadow worse shit, and I guess I have to relearn it after seven one five. But that's well, something. the the changes are minimum. They're minimal, but it like it 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 doesn't really devalue surrender to badness, but it does make the other. Well, let's be honest, Shadow Crash is still garbage. Um, mm -hmm. And I forget what the other one is on the level 100 talents, but it doesn't force you. Like, you're not forced to go into Surrender to Madness unless you're going into, like, Mythic Pluses and stuff like that. So, um, like, yeah, just just learn how to use Shadow Crash. That's all you have to do. And that's okay. super easy. It's point and click, and that's it. All right, well, with that, let's actually go into the 715 changes. So 715 is really the big news, um, and there was many changes that were made to classes and also some things that were added, including the Mist of Pandaria, Time Walking, Brawler's Guild, and Micro Holidays. Um, let's start with Mist of Pandaria, Time Walking. That might be something that you guys could better talk about than I could. I'm really excited. I love Mist of Pandaria dungeons. I, I, I didn't as much. Um, I, I just... Everybody is, you know, nostalgia and revisionism about Mr. Pandaria. I, I absolutely did not like the expansion when it came out. I, I just did not. Well, why I didn't you that. like it? What What was the problems with it? Um, see, mechanically, it was not. I, I didn't feel like, from a mechanical standpoint, and from a uh, from just just an engaging gameplay standpoint, I did not feel like Mists was that great, at least in the beginning. Like the, it, it was all over the place. The story was fantastic. The writing for Mist was by by and large one of the best writing experiences they've had. Uh, the story was overarching. It connected through every zone. You were interested in learning about it. The but gameplay, the, I just didn't The hate. dungeons. Uh, the dungeons... <sighs> They fed into the story for each zone. Yep. But they, they, they just they, I didn't feel like they were that engaging to me. I mean, there was yeah. yes, it, it gives you a million mechanics and you know, coming out of Kata where it was still, you know, much of the same, don't stand in the bad. Um like there's all these new mechanics and it's like, oh hey, there's this fish guy inside of uh Temple of the Jade Serpent, I think it was, where you have to run around the room and you have yep. to jump and have to do all this stuff, and it's it's very engaging. Uh, it's but it's just like it's all the same stuff. You're just doing it while moving and movement heavy fights. And I, I am still trying to play Shadow a little bit at that time, and I just was so not happy with all of the all the movements and everything because it was still mm -hmm. turret mode at that point. Um, I just, I just, there's just, you can't really put it in a word. It's just, I just did not like the experience. There were some really, really interesting dungeons in there. Don't get me wrong. Um, <clears throat> it was, um, I like Shadow Pen Monastery. Mm. Um, God, what was the other one? Uh, there was another one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, 
Siege of Mizao. No, I didn't like Siege. Mogushan, Stormstout. I think it was Stormstout Brewery. Yeah, Stormstout Brewery was the other one I liked. Uh, Despite the fact that it was the most asinine thing on the planet. Hey, you're fighting a bunch of rabbits. They were cute rabbits. (laughs) They were cute rabbits, and then he spins around and pukes on you. That takes the cuteness away, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, bottom line is you didn't like it. So, Chris, I was not a fan you? of it. I I liked I liked the dungeons purely because I really have always liked the aesthetic of the Pandaren, the Chinese culture, and just how they've brought it into World of Warcraft and just fit it in very nicely, so that it, although it's a based on our real world culture, it feels very Warcraft the way that they've brought in and the architecture and the boss designs, the actual characters and the dungeons made it feel Warcraft to me. And I really enjoyed that. I agree with what Chris is saying about the mechanics. It, it just felt gimmicky. It, they were, there was a lot of gimmick fights, but it was, it was a nice change of environment going from cataclysm where it's all dragons to this completely different environment than we've ever seen in World of Warcraft. So I liked that. And again, I 100% agree with what you were saying about the story. Some of the best writing Blizzard has ever done, uh, even to this day. Legion comes very, very close. I still think the Pandaria story arc was the best I've ever done. Well, we're still we're still in the very beginning yeah. of the story arc. We haven't we have like we've, said, we've only done our first Order Hall campaign. Yeah, so like I said, even though like we're only we're only a little bit in, and it is the Legion story is so close to taking over the Pandaria story, and we're only a fraction of the way through it. Um, so it's it's just some of the best story content that they've done that they had done back then. Warlords leveling was great, and the story was great, but then it kind of disappeared and was pointless. Pandaria was consistent all the way through, and that's why I like. That's why Pandaria will always have a little special place for me. So I'm very excited to go back and do these. Excellent. Are any of you guys going to be grinding out the mount or the pet or the toy? I've been slowly grinding it uh, over the last few months, but I'm not putting like a concerted effort into it. I'm not that hardcore. I'm the same. I've I've been I'm making sure I do at least my five for my world quest, uh, getting the the item from the first one and handing it in every time. I'm making sure I'm at least getting some of it done every time the event comes around. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go to the Brawlers Guild. Did any of you guys try that content yet? Oh, I got uh, I got an invite like the second the servers came up. I ground out an invite the second the servers came up. Not That's me. Funny. I. Just, just, I, I, the, the island was a mess. That whole, that whole Vrykul yeah. island was a damn mess. Yeah. I did not even bother. Right? There were so many people trying to grind that out. Yeah. So if you don't know, the Vrykul on the island in the upper northwest corner of Stormheim, Shields Rest, have a higher than normal chance to drop the blood-soaked invite which is required to begin the quest to begin the attunement for the brawlers guild um it's the easiest way to get it uh considerably easier than sitting on the black market auction house or getting it from an emissary cash or something like that just Um, think of it this way i got the thing in four kills 
Yeah, that, that, that's 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 indicative. Like a lot of people have been saying that you know it only took me like oh four or five kills to get it. You know it wasn't a big deal. I just did not want to even bother with it. I want to take it. Um, uh, I uh, I didn't want to take farting. bothering with it. Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to bother just getting involved in it. I, I was just not interested in starting Brawler's Guild yet. I want to take it nice and slow once they fix every single problem that may exist. Okay. And Chris, what about actually going through it? How was Brawler's Guild? The Brawler's Guild, I've only, I haven't had a lot of time, so I've only done the first five fights, um, but they were all completely new fights. There's not a single fight from the original Brawler's Guild there um, that you can do just from the normal eight ranks. So... Uh, I think it's four fights per rank. I'm at rank two, working my way up to rank three. The fights are f different. They're fun. The There's some that is very melee friendly. There's some that is very melee unfriendly. Bearing in mind, I'm doing this on a Havoc Demon Hunter. So it's... Yeah, I don't like the melee unfriendly ones because there's a penguin that will literally one-shot you. And if you don't move fast enough, you will instantly die. Isn't Didn't we have that? before it was a i don't think this they've changed the fight so that the penguin is running around and sliding all over the place rather than just I, I, being stationary that sounds super familiar i i don't know why it, there, there was a brawler's guild one that was similar to that it was the it was a penguin i think it's a different mm -hmm. penguin this time oh okay the, okay it's so it's, it's, it's a callback it's a callback that okay yeah, it's a callback but this time the penguin can't stand on because the ground is apparently very slippery for the penguin he slides all over the place so he gets behind you and can hit you before you have a chance to move if you're not quick enough okay so it's harder than the original have, Chris, did you get mm -hmm. anything from the event it's just gold, and there's some there's some uh, there's a ring you can get that teleports you straight to the Brawlers Guild. New shirts, achievements, and I think there's a new battle pet you can get, an amount. Yes, but, the basilisk. Uh, those are all for uh, resources and getting specific ranks in the Brawlers Guild. So the higher rank you get, the more income you get from actually participating in the Brawlers Guild. The more the easier it will to get those items. So, did they continue the uh, Brawler's Coin currency for yes, it? Yes, Brawler's they, Coins yeah. is back, and you can bet as well on people. Okay. Um, now I got to ask you, Chris. Out of the fights you've seen, which one just made you giggle with girlish glee on the inside? Which which one so far? Well, I've only done five of the fights, and I've seen a couple of them. Uh, that's coming up. I know there's one with Johnny Awesome that's mm -hmm. coming up, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to do that because that asshole was the most annoying thing about uh, the Hillsborough Foothills question. My so horse is made of diamonds. <laughs> My horse is made of diamonds. I love it. I'm Stars. looking forward to kicking his ass. <laughs> I I did look into some of the fights, and uh, the one I am most excited for is got to be Overwatch. It's got to be Overwatch. 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 It's, uh, Overwatch uh, homage isn't it yes it is it's uh winston uh mccree and oh god i forget who the other one is uh junkrat winston mccree and junkrat and it's um stuff shrew dupree and i forget what they called winston but it's uh it's a hosen a human with a duster and a goblin god damn it cool <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to see, uh, play that. I, I I cannot wait at this point. <laughs> Excellent. 
All right. So the other thing that was new was micro holidays. Uh, anyone looking forward to the micro holidays coming up? We have talked about this, and you know I am. Yeah, I'm very excited for the one coming up in uh, the end of January. The uh, that's the uh, Call of the Scarab. Call right? of the Scarab. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now uh, they did mention something. So Call of the Scarab is going to be region wide. It's not server wide. I'm glad it's region wide because, so, or, until like just after Christmas, we were on Twilight. My European guild was on Twilight's Hammer. We've now since moved to Magtheridon in Europe, which what Twilight's Hammer was a horde dominant server with 17 horde to one alliance. Uh, we're now on an alliance dominant server, which is, I want to say, 41. So. I feel really bad for the people who are playing on the less dominant factions because then they're not, especially on servers like Twilight's Hammer, where they're just not going to, the Alliance are not going to have a chance to get that year long banner in Silithus. And I think that's the most elegant solution they could have implemented for it. Make it region, yep. Make it region wide. So I, I think that was the most elegant solution they could have done. Completely agree. Cool. All right. Um, moving on. They also opened up uh, artifact knowledge to help alts. Um, Gav, did you want to talk about that? Uh, a little bit. I haven't gone too deep into it yet um, because I only have one one ten. Um, but what they've done is you have a uh, research compendium that you can buy, and that's it's one of the two ways you can do this. You have a research compendium. Uh, it uh, allows you to jump up your artifact knowledge uh, by buying it on a character and then you can be so you can send it to one of your other characters to help jump them up with any unused research that you might have um the other one is the research notes you can actually buy the notes themselves now for 500 order hall resources um you goes up to a artifact 15 um it's uh if i remember correctly it's a short quest chain associated with it mm -hmm. don't remember yeah so uh so the fun part about this is is that order hall resources are purchasable right now mm -hmm. uh, through the Blood of Sargeras trader in Dalaran. And let's so, be honest, who doesn't have a million and one of those? Yes, exactly. So I think it's 200 order hall resources per I think it's 250. It's, it's 250 or 200. I don't remember. Um, I can look that up in a second, but uh, I'm not. Um, so, But if I remember correctly, the order hall resources that you buy that way are BOA. Mm-hmm. So if you are like me where you've got one really dominant 110, which let's be honest, most people are at that point right now, you go, you buy yourself some water hall resources, you mail them to one of your scrub tier alts, and they just use it. And they can buy their own artifact research notes after they've completed the quest chain. And that's absolutely fantastic. That's <clears throat> that is the catch-up mechanic we've been waiting for at this point. Well, the artifact, the, the compendium is better than the notes because uh -huh. it boosts you straight up to five levels lower than your highest tune. So, for example, my De Demon Hunter's artifact knowledge is 25. Mm -hmm. So when I buy the compendium, it's a 20 it's a twenty point compendium. So I can put it straight mm -hmm. onto like my shaman. And when it hits 110, instantly the artifact knowledge goes up to 20. I, so I only got, have five more to go. Yeah, and I have that on each... Each of uh, the, the two other characters that I intend on actually playing through Legion, I have already purchased and sent to them their compendiums. I'm just, I am just, 
I it's it's really nice because it is actually giving me a drive to actually level on them and actually do something with them yeah. <laughs> instead of just kind of going. I don't feel like doing high mountain again. It's because you uh, know that once you actually hit one ten, it's not going to be really slow to grind out that weapon. Yeah, it's not going to be that sort of grind where I'm just like, oh, hey, it's going to take me four weeks to get up to level ten again. Damn. Um, so it's it's really fantastic. It's it's a really easy way to jump up and alt really quickly because uh, AK twenty is still I think that's fifteen hundred percent increase or something, something like that. It's a stupid it's, high number. Yeah, and I I forgot to mention earlier in the show that yeah I did get up to twenty five. I was super pleased about that. That was uh, just after Christmas. So most people, most even the most even relatively casual players should be pushing up to artifact twenty five right now. Yeah, so be this 20 is twenty five at this point. Yeah. So this whole artifact catch up system is absolutely fantastic because yeah you do have these characters and you're getting up to those higher levels right now so you're starting to go okay well the content is just it's not quite evergreen completely at the moment so i'm going to go work on my alt hey look at this i can go ahead and jump them straight up i'm at artifact 20 i can jump them straight to 15 with a, a thousand order all resources fantastic excellent all right, and also changes were made to legendaries as well as adding new legendaries into the mix. Um, any in particular that jumped out to you guys? The big one that changed for me, because I have this one, um, it's the uh, tanking neck. Um, I have no idea what it's called. I can't remember. Um, but it went from uh, every 30 seconds uh, after does. not... Yeah, pre does. Uh, it went from every 30 seconds after not taking damage for five, you'll receive a shield for uh, like 30% of your maximum health. They've changed it so that rather than having that after not taking damage for five seconds, it's just 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds, you'll gain 15, a shield for 15% of your maximum health. Uh, and it also has, uh, they've changed some of the stats on it. It has crit, haste, and mastery of secondary stats now. So it's a cool. big buff to that. It went from completely useless for tanks to pretty much the tank best in slot. And mm -hmm. I also noticed that if you're not a tank, it actually gives you a bigger shield because I have that one yeah. as well. So non tanks will receive a 25% shield rather than a 15%. Cool. Even even at fifteen percent, it's still fantastic. I don't have yeah. Pierdas myself, but uh, I know that it went from joke tier to Best you know well. legitimately strong piece to a legitimately strong piece. Um, I got sad because they uh, buffed the hell out of the first legendary I ever got, which was Chain of Thrawn. Uh, which the effect used to be every time you cast a hand on uh, someone or yourself, they gained 15% of their maximum health, which was okay. It wasn't bad. They they healed for 15%, sorry. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. But then they rolled that one, I think, into Uther's Bracers, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. I think they, they rolled that Uther's into... Guard. Uther's Guard. They, or, uh, they rolled that effect into Uther's Guard, and then they gave Chain of Thrawn a new... Uh, a new effect, which was uh, increases healing by 50% uh, while Avenging Wrath is active, and you also gained, I think it was originally 30% damage. I don't remember. It was 20% no. damage. It was originally 30 Way Like, when they 
did the 7.1.5 PTR, it was 30% or something like that. And then they rolled it over to 20. 20 is what went live. They went ahead and nerfed that again, so it's now 10% bonus damage while Avenging Wrath is up. Uh, I think uh, Brett was just going a little bit too whole hog on that, unfortunately. Um, so that makes me sad, but it's still uh, so, so much better as both a Rhett and as Prot, like Chain of Thrawn. Just, it, it's now a flat damage boost while I have Avenging Wrath up, and fantastic. Absolutely love it. Great. So uh, please check out the patch notes for more information about that. And also MMO Champion has a lot of information about the different legendary changes and the new legendaries at Red. Any of the new legendaries that caught your eye? I know one of the warlocks on my guild got one of the new ones. Uh, what one was it? It was a destruction one. I want to say it was Ferity of Souls. Casting any damaging fire spell has a 10% chance to uh, generate a soul shard. Um, so that's not one of the new ones for Warlock. I know she got a new one, but I can't remember what it was. Um, there's Wakener's Loyalty, which spending soul shards empowers the skull of the Manari, which I think that one's demonology then. Um, I think it Reap soul lasts 1.5 seconds longer. Uh, dimensional rift is open. All your damage is increased by 10%. Nothing. Nothing there. I know she got a new one, and I know that we all shout it our fodder. Kill her and wear her skin so you have it now? It's a plan. It, it's, it, it's on the list. It, it is on the list. Okay, as long as that's on the list, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we can't go through all of them now, so, you know, yeah. check out the patch notes and um, check out the new legendaries. All right, uh, some profession changes were made. Um, you can now upgrade items to 865 using Obliterum. Um, I've been reading that the prices of Obliterum on the auction house should be going up as a result of this, since you can now upgrade items. Um, I also noticed that at least for engineering, uh, you can get 880 items. Uh, there's four new headpieces that dropped, so that's something that I'm looking forward to in particular. Um, what about you guys? Any profession changes that you thought were interesting? Not particularly. Mm, not they particularly, the, no. like the changes weren't really huge. Um, it was most it was mostly the upgrades to the crafted yeah. was the big one. That that's like the big telling piece that they did. It comes down um, to with professions right now is that everything costs so much to make. The actual it, resource requirement to make everything, like even with with inscription, which is what my demon hunter is, it costs like almost a two hundred. If if I do, if I want to do like five or six of the tomes to change your talents, I would have to mill probably a full two hundred stack of herbs to actually get it get those six, five or six. It's yeah. pretty expensive to get materials right now. And I think that was one of the things that they even mentioned during the developer Q&A, which we'll get to in a minute here, about you know how much it costs to um, create the tomes to redo your talents. I think it was, yeah. All right. So it doesn't sound like anything major there. So uh, what about the class changes? I know that there was a slew of class changes that took place. Anything in particular that affected your paladin or your demon hunter guys? Demon hunter, Havoc got nerfed and Vengeance got buffed. 
with the exception of one talent that did annoy me a little bit. Uh, Vengeance, they have an ability called Last Stand, whereas if you take a killing blow during a fight, uh, it will automatically pop your metamorphosis, even if metamorphosis is on cooldown, rather than killing you. And it had a three-minute cooldown. That ability is the exact same, except it's now an eight-minute cooldown. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit saddened by that. That's was the that only thing I was life? sad about, though. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple. There's there's a couple of fights that I can think of, specifically Guam, where it will pop a couple of times just because he hits like a fucking truck. <laughs> Guam, the country. What did I say? Guam. I mean, yeah, you said Guam. Guarm. Guarm. You know what I meant, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but point out your terrible, terrible accent. I'm sorry. Gav, what about you? Um, they there was not a whole lot of most of the changes for Paladin that I've been able to see were more focused on the PvP dominance. There were some changes uh, to Prot. It was mostly just kind of trying to increase the utility of some of the other talent choices available, like uh, Holy Shield and Ages of Light. Um, the big changes came in through Ret, actually, though. Um, they did get a flat damage buff of 12% across almost all abilities. Um, they buffed uh, they buffed consecration for it, which is still a garbage tier talent choice. Um, uh, they buffed divine hammer. Yeah, they're basically it's a, it was a pass through the uh, ret talent tree to give them a little bit more choice in the talents they take. Still, there's going to be some that are just most of the ret talents are pretty well set in stone. Uh, another one is they removed blessing of might. Sad day, sad face for for Gav. Sad sad what, face. What did, what did blessing of might do? Blessing of Might gave you a chance on, I think it was a 30% chance on hit to deal bonus damage as holy. It was a castable buff uh, on any member of your group or raid. And it was just, it was a flat DPS increase. It was, uh, the they talked very heavily about trying to bring back the class fantasy for paladins. Which and- was Might. Was to which, which was the blessings. Yes, it was the blessing system that they added in that they changed the blessing system up to. Um, they talked very heavily, I believe it was during BlizzCon, about how they just they've kind of failed on that. Like you're not bringing rep for utility; you're bringing rep because it does decent damage. Uh, the and it's 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 just more buff management and buff. Uh, you know. Uh, just paying attention to your buffs and making sure, oh, hey, did I... And you have done dungeons with... And Kevin has done dungeons with me enough times to know that if I'm in ret, I will always forget to cast Blessing of Might before combat starts. Yes. Every single time. Every single time. <laughs> um, so what they did was they completely removed Blessing of Might, which is why ret got uh, that flat damage boost. Because you always put Blessing of Might on yourself. Screw everybody else, you put Blessing of Might on yourself. That's one of the reasons why Wreck got the flat damage increase on that. Um, so they changed it so the other two greater Blessings, Wisdom and Kings, that still exist can be cast in combat. So that's great. I won't forget to do that now because I'll be in combat and go, oh, crap, okay, I gotta actually put my buffs on. Um, wisdom went from uh, 0.2% health and mana every three seconds to every two seconds. Uh, Greater Blessings of Kings is now not total garbage. Um, it's now 270% of your totals of your spell power uh, over 
180, so it is a 100% increase on spell power there. So it actually, the, the shield it generates, uh, and what Kings does is it generates a shield uh, every so often on the target that has the blessing. Um, it actually makes it a much better much better little piece to have. Um, so what you're saying is every raid group should have a paladin? No, it's not enough that it's going to be something massive, but what it does do is it is going to give your your tank another little shield uh, on a periodic basis. So it, it, if, if you're already running pure Daz, you know, you, you've got another little absorb shield that you're going to be able to throw on at that point. Um, bu- 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 cool. Da, 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 da. There's... They changed some of the talents around. Yeah, that's about it. All right, and I checked out uh, the Holy Priest, and there weren't too many changes for me, so I, you know, kind of glossed over that a bit. There was a lot of changes for Shadow, and it seems like they're adjusting damage on there. Um, did anyone hear? Are they better now, or are they worse now? They are similar to where they were before. Yeah, they're pretty much the same as where they were. They were so they the did anyway, right? They did a fantastic job on these changes, uh, from what I've been able to tell, because they really did. They were able to maintain the uh, level of power that the class had, uh, while doing some pretty, frankly, some pretty major changes in how it works. Okay, um, um, Chris, did you or? Yeah, Chris, did you find any changes to the Warlock? I know that it made some adjustments there, too. Um, there's a, There was a couple... Hold on, let me get the patch notes back up, because Google Chrome crashed. Uh, da, 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 da. There was a couple primarily to Affliction. There didn't really seem to be much to other specs, although there was demonology buffs in some hotfixes that they brought out. Uh... There wasn't. It wasn't really much in the way of oh, we're fixing this. We're because since the last set of fixes for affliction, everything's kind of okay. Demonology got a got a little bit of a buff to sorry, a little bit of a nerf to their to their demons, uh, but it was it was only their doom guard and their infernal. Destruction got some buffs. And some nerfs on some of their spells, for example, um, the uh, magistrate uh, restraints. The, that was for the legendary. That got nerfed, and that was a big part of the you know having that in your rotation. That was it was really really good. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see, they moved some of the demo- the destruction talents around, so cataclysm and. Uh, eradication swapped places in the talent tree. Uh, backdraft now causes conflagrate to reduce the cast time of your next incinerate or chaos bolt. Uh, it's got four stacks and the duration's five seconds. The duration was five seconds. It's now just there, which is good because that was annoying having a duration on that. But Chris, what about actually playing it? Have you played it at all? So I haven't much? actually played the spec, but I know some of the, I know a lot of the warlocks in my guild are happy with the destruction changes over overall, mm-hmm. and they're just looking. The demonology warlocks are more just looking. Where's our love? <laughs> um, what about other classes that you've heard like major changes, positive or negative? Warrior, good God, warrior took a 
big tuning pass. Yeah, war, art, fear, no, no, sorry, go through every fucking spec before I get to the right one. Protection got completely redesigned. Okay, for mm -hmm. the better or the worse. <laughs> mm, a, lot of, a lot of warriors are saying say, it's for the worse. Yeah, I'm going to say a lot of people are saying it's for the worst, but it got rid of, it got rid of some talents that... Some abilities that were just kind of pointless. I know revenge is completely different now. Mm -hmm. Revenge is like completely different. That's one of their main abilities. It was a rage builder. It's now a rage dump. Mm -hmm. hmm. It's it's like um, if you go, there's actually been some really good videos. Uh, some of the more popular warrior YouTubers have mentioned these class changes pretty much constantly for the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. um, I know... Oh, God. Um, this was, the warrior changes was one of the big reasons for a lot of that drama when the patch first hit the PTR uh, in regards to pretty much unfinished patches um, mm -hmm. and it's a PTR cycle. That A lot of that drama was because of warriors. Mm -hmm. What about oh, any Who am I thinking classes? of? I'm thinking of there's... Mm -hmm. I think most of them. I uh, shaman. I, I mean, the patch notes for shamans are massive. Um, Hunters as well got redesigned. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of this was out. Oh, God, rogue is just huge. Apparently, okay. I didn't even look at the rogue ones. Um, it looks like they did a really heavy tuning pass over pretty much everybody. Um, mate, good God, the mage ones are massive. Um. I know that all three Hunter specs were not happy after the patch hit, um, and there's been a hotfix that is essentially across the board buffed all three Hunter specs. Well, yeah, I noticed that there was a few hotfixes. I think there was three of them that came out so far after the patch, so um, yeah, it seems like they're still making changes. And I guess the best way is just to play it and um, hear what people are saying, because you know, just looking through four different patch notes worth of changes is pretty daunting. One of yeah. our Frost Death Knights in, our, in my guild is raving about how amazing the changes are to Breath of Cindergosa and just the changes overall and how it's really revitalized the spec. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, let's kind of move past that and on to the developer Q&A that happened on the 12th. Um, any major points from that that you guys saw that was interesting or, you know, good or bad for you? There's a couple. Um, let's see, what have we got here? So they mentioned about how they're wanting to change profession gear so that it's actually relevant again, because right now it's pretty much pointless. Um, in 715, you mentioned that they added some engineering stuff which they plan on doing in future patches for other professions. And in 7.2 and beyond, they're going to be adding new recipes uh, to, prim to primary and secondary professions. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that really stood out to me was that they really are doubling down on the um, ARPG Diablo-style random rolls on loot. They are committed to that completely. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's some the 
hooking is about one of the only other ones that I see that they actually like specifically called out that actually means something. Rejoice, Nomi has learned not to completely burn your food. Yay! Yay! So if you're still grinding recipes like I am, for I'm still grinding rank Me three too. recipes at this point. Um, Nomi will drop your recipes a little bit more often. So there, and that they actually talked about that specifically during the developer Q and A. How you know this was a system that they wanted content for, and unfortunately, it's this kind of content. It's just work orders. It's um, it's it's RNG. It's wad all over again, which is okay. It, it doesn't feel good to you know drop two hundred lay blood into Nomi and then not get anything out of that. Yes, it has never felt good because I I mean I I go and I drop oh hey I need uh I need rank 3 for Barracuda Morgulash. Okay. There's times where I just wish that I could turn Nomi's reputation specifically to hostile so I could kill the little bastard. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would uh make me so so very happy. They have. They did also mention for the talent tomes that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, the cost for them, uh, both in gold on the auction house and material costs, way too expensive. So they're going to be dropping. They're going to look at adjusting the cost of things that are way too expensive, including the talent tomes. So mm -hmm. the material costs are probably going to go down for some of these things. Um, and the big rejoice moment, 7.2 should be coming to PTR shortly. Woo! Yes, that's uh, that's the big Tomb one. Tomb of Sargeras. A little bit of that Tomb of Sargeras action going on right there. All right. And we'll put the link to the Twitch video that you can watch it yourself. And MMO Champion also has some good notes on the uh, developer Q&A. Mm -hmm. um, upgrading legendaries. They did mention in a blue post um, that I found on MMO Champion, that there will be a quest to complete in Dalaran once the night full, night hold uh, raid opens that will be repeatable and will help you upgrade your legendaries from 910 to 940. Um, you can get the items that you need for the quest from the night hold raid bosses, weekly mythic keystone caches, emissary bags, and PvP weekly quest. Anyone interested or ready to upgrade their legendaries? I have two, and they're ready to upgrade. <laughs> I, I I am ready to upgrade. I am completely ready. Just a reminder for the Nighthold that it opens up the 17th in the US and the 18th in Europe. Yep. And that's normal um, difficulty. And another thing to mention, um, the stuff that you need for the quest drops in all difficulties of Nighthold. Mm -hmm. It's not Including just LFR. locked into normal. Yep, it's not just locked to normal. So you can, if you are like me, and you don't really do a whole lot of raiding, you can actually get the items to upgrade your thing. It might take a little longer, but you'll still get it. Cool. Which is the first time LFR has actually been relevant, this expansion? This whole expansion, exactly. And I'm assuming that LFR isn't opening on the 17th. It'll probably no. So it'll be a week later, be, if I remember correctly. No, LFR is LFR is not a week later. It's two weeks later. So it's two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be normal first, and then the next reset it's heroic and mythic, and then the reset after that it's wing one of LFR. Then four weeks after that, wing two. Then four weeks after that, wing three. Three months of this? No, not four weeks. Sorry, two weeks after that. Went I was gonna say, you're, you're. I, I mean, I, I applaud Blizz for trying to, uh, 
to Wait, you know to meter out the content but uh i don't think i want to be i don't i don't know if i want to still be doing Nighthold when the next uh tier comes out it's four wings so it's not for, two weeks two weeks from two weeks from tomorrow two weeks from tuesday it'll be wing one two weeks after that wing two two weeks after that three and then two weeks after that the final wing with Gul'dan. so we still have four weeks four uh sorry we still have two months of, for LFR, uh, for LFR to completely drop out, I, I I feel like that might be a little long. Personally, I don't like the fact that they're getting it that much. I I I feel like they probably could have just cut it into two or three wings, and but I mean I understand why they did that. I, I mean it's it's following the same path they took with uh, Emerald Nightmare, which I think Pandaria is and Warlord. Yeah, and Warlord also. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I just feel like that's a very long period of time. Of course, you know, we're going to be picking up gear between now and then. So, I mean, uh, we should be able to, you know, I get the, your uh, stuff done and then get in there, possibly. Their main thing for getting it like this is, it's the same thing they said back in Warlords, is that they don't want the boss to be killed on LFR, the final boss, Gul'dan, to be killed on LFR before he's killed on normal heroic and mythic. But two months of progression. Two months is too much. Two months of progression. You know as well as I would do that there will be guilds blitzing him down within the first 48 hours or getting close to it. I think for it. just want to push people into actually forming a raid group or getting into a raid book group to kill it. No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No. But Um, you look at people like me, I have no real desire to do like organized rating and exactly. i i am not pugging fresh content max is, max level fresh content there's 10 bosses this time around rather than just being seven mm-hmm. so it'll be a little longer than what we had for emerald nightmare plus it's more difficult content than what we had for emerald nightmare this mm-hmm. is this is the first legitimate tier of rating for legion because yep. this is the first one that actually drops tier pieces so this is like essentially the start of Legion rating, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to add to that, to be honest. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, there was a bunch of hot fixes which we kind of mentioned. Um, all right, moving on to the Diablo event. Did either of you guys uh, play the Diablo event? What did you think of that? I did the Heroes of the Storm one, which was just a Diablo brawl. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, didn't really do the the one in Warcraft, just because. Eh, <laughs> I was more interested in just grinding out more mythics at the time than going to kill a treasure goblin and going to kill some cows. Yeah, but it had an item that could uh, teleport you. Or basically, it was an extra hearthstone, wasn't that? I already have five hearthstones. It's not an extra hearthstone, as far as I know. It's Um, not. It shares a cooldown with your actual hearthstone. It's a replacement hearthstone. Yeah, it's just like uh, the innkeeper's daughter from uh, Dwarven Archaeology, which I I already have. have. I already have five hearthstones that replace my current hearthstone. I don't need another. Yeah, I, I, I did it, and I got the tome, and I got the guitar, and I got the. Satchel, I never got the uh, the halberd, the the spear. I never got that one. Um, but I played a lot more of the other Blizzard properties. Um, yeah. 
I I played I I loved the brawl the uh, the tavern brawl in uh, Hearthstone and I did do the uh, weekly brawl in uh, Heroes. So I cool. I played the Heroes one a lot. I did a little bit in Diablo itself and actually did the Diablo one and Diablo three thing. That was a lot of fun. I need to go and do it. Um, I actually actually wait. I did do it. It's just I don't know how I didn't get the damn achievement for doing it on a fresh level one character, and that made me mad. Oh, that made me very mad. That made me very mad. I'm just going to do it on normal, and I'm going to spend all my Paragon points and use my Gems of Ease. There you go. Screw it. I did a little bit of the Overwatch one. Like It was more fun in the other Blizzard properties than it was in World of Warcraft. All right. Fair enough. Okay, uh, this week's weekly challenge, complete a battleground. So we wanted to talk about some... Uh, tips for battlegrounds for beginners and chris this was one of the uh, things that came in through twitter right yes this was recommended on twitter let me just find the tweets uh, uh, sorry my twitter app on my phone just crashed when i had it up okay and while you're you looking that up terrible uh, gav let's uh start off the discussion um what are some beginning tips or where do you kind of want to start with this? Um, yeah. Uh, don't freak out. That's the ultimate solution. A lot of people look at this like they view. Regrettably, a lot of people view this as very, very hardcore. And it's like, oh, this is what I do. This is my enjoyment of the game. And that's perfectly fine. But don't bring a level of toxicity to your fellow players. Regrettably, BGs sometimes can be like like you like ranked play in hots and things like that. People get a little salty, they get a little heated about it. It's not something to get heated about. These are fun little ways to do something different in the game. Um just go in with fresh eyes, go in and have fun. Mm -hmm. It's like that that's what they're designed about. That's what they're designed for. You go in and you have some fun. I know that so, people can Okay, Chris. Uh, the topic was suggested by Lord Shaper, who's on Twitter at Lord Shaper, and he was asking us about uh, what's the what's the best way to kind of figure out the objectives for PvP because he's been doing PvP and he's still not really learned all the objectives on the battleground, what he needs to do for each of these. So, I figured it would help him out. All right, I, so I think I can let's work with that. let's go through some of the battlegrounds. Let's start with the capture the flag maps. Yeah, so there's two capture the there's two battlegrounds that have primary objective of capture the flag, and that's Warsong Gulch, which is one of the original vanilla battlegrounds, mm -hmm. and Twin Peaks, which was added during the Cataclysm expansion. Uh, these are essentially mirrors of each other. They're essentially the exact same battleground, just different areas, different objectives, same objectives but different environments. The main objective of, the, of these two battlegrounds is for one team to collect the enemy team's flag and bring it back to your base three times to win the game. There's this is, way... Sorry, Grant? This is classic FPS capture the flag. This is that's entirely what it is. Yep, completely. Uh, so you capture the enemy team's flag, bring it back to your base. You ha the only way to capture their flag is to make sure that you have control of your flag and just drop the flag on flag, and that's a point. Uh, it's a both battlegrounds have 25-minute timers to make sure that they're not unending battlegrounds like they were back in the day. Mm -hmm. 
Um, with some rogue shadow stepping through a wall with a flag and, and nothing ever happens. Deck. Yeah. Chris, I actually had a question about this because I've noticed that sometimes when people bring the flag back to our base, they kind of are sitting or waiting around. Why can't they turn it in right away? Because that usually means that the other team has your flag. When the other team has your flag, you're unable to capture the enemy team's flag. Okay. So you need to make so you you can need to split off into two different teams. You need a defensive team with probably a tank as the flag carrier, uh, DPS to kind of nuke people down, and a healer to kind of to keep the to keep everyone alive, and everyone else just rush the enemy flag carrier. Mm. Now you also do need to mention the the weakness effects that yes. apply nowadays. Uh, it's, yes. This was a big issue back in the day because you could just throw a tank, a geared tank on the flag and they didn't die. No. Now there's a damage increase and a healing reduction debuff that they get that stacks over time. So the longer that, the longer the flags are in contest, contention, the debuff gets stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where eventually that flag carrier will just be one shot. And so it actually it becomes a tactical switch at a certain point in the game where you go, okay, we're at four stacks of weakness or six stacks or whatever. I forget how fast they stack up. We're at like six stacks of weakness. Our tank's just going to blow up. It doesn't matter how many healers we have. Let's just zerg the shit out of the opposing base and blow them up. And then it just basically resets at that point. And then it becomes the big show game where you know the flags are running through midfield and it's everybody trying to get up against everybody else until they added demon hunters screw you all <laughs> fuck you we're all awesome. screw you guys demon hunters are awesome you know what demon uh, hunters are perfect flag carriers by the way yes they are so Do those are capture the flag maps um what about the maps um that you guys are calling resource race yeah so there's a lot more resource race maps than there are uh, capture the flag. Uh, a lot of these actually do have other mechanics than just resource race that we'll go into in a bit of detail. Uh, so the resource race maps that we're flagging are Arathi Basin, Eye of the Storm, Battle for Gilneas, uh, Deepwind Gorge, Silver Shard Mines, and Temple of Kotmogu. We're going to move Temple of Kotmogu to the side a little bit because that's its own little unique snowflake. Uh, Eye of the Storm is also yep. a weird kind of hybrid. So we're uh, move Eye of the Storm and Silver Shard to not Silver Shard, Deep Deep Wind Gorge to their own little section as well. And we're going to talk about Arathi Battle for Arathi Basin, Battle for Gilneas, and Silver Shard. Silver Shard's a little unique, but it's pretty much the same thing. It, it's it's just a mobile version yeah, of it. That's all. A mobile version of the other two. So. Arathi Basin uh, was one of the original ones brought in vanilla, uh, and it's a five-point five-point map where you have to control points to build up resources and win the match. Once you reach sixteen hundred resources, I think it is something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it's sixteen uh, or twelve something. Battle for Gilneas is the cataclysm version of Arathi Basin, except it's three points you have to you have to control rather than the five. And Silver Shard Mines was introduced in Miss of Pandaria, and it's a mobile version of that. You could collect up to fifteen hundred resources, but rather than holding points, you can you hold uh, mine carts and and take them to their collection point, 
and they give you a chunk of resources. Mm-hmm. And for each of those, the first person to reach 1,600 resources wins. First uh, team. First team, sorry, yes. So we've got Arathi Basin, where the best strategy really is to hold three and defend. Mm-hmm. Hold three of the five and defend. Battleford and Laius hold two of the five and defend. And Silver Shard's a bit different. You can't yeah. just try and hold as many as you can. And hold what you can and escort that cart. Yeah, hold what you can and escort. As long as you have the majority of the carts, you're good. There'll be a lot of fighting. Uh, there'll be a lot of fighting on the carts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fighting on the carts. And bear in mind, these things move, so you need to move with them. And they move slowly. Yeah, so there's a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really fun battleground. It frustrates me every time I play it, but it's really fun. It's probably one of the funner resource uh, race battlegrounds that Blizzard have introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for Lumbermill. Lumbermill is the most entertaining resource race ever. Yeah, so Arathi Basin has one of the points called Lumbermill, which is very interesting. And and mine, the mine in Lumber, the line in the mine in Arathi Basin is just as interesting. No, no, Lumbermill yeah, is the jump jump from battle uh, from blacksmith. Yes, but you can knock everybody off the Lumbermill though, and mind control them, charm I them. I suppose. But we're we're getting we're getting aside from ourselves. Yes. Do you want to talk about uh, the deep wind and I? I am not familiar with Deepwind, actually. Uh, that's one of the few ones that I have just never had a lot of playtime with. Um, I'm more familiar with uh, I, by okay, far. Okay, talk about I, then. I is a battleground that was introduced. It was, in fact, the first BC battleground that was mm-hmm. introduced. So during the Burning Crusade, Eye of the Storm was introduced. It is a hybrid capture the flag and resource race map. So there are four towers. There are four areas in the map uh, in a rough square in the middle. Uh, And between all those is a very narrow pathway that has a flag in the middle of it. Uh, The goal of it is either control three points and hold them or hold two and capture the flag. Uh, That's really the long and the short of it. Um, It's a completely symmetrical battleground. Uh, It's 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 really fun because you can again throw people off of the flag point. Um, That's always fun. Mm -hmm. It's always fun just to knock an entire team off of a point. Completely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why uh, that's the only thing that that's the only joys shamans have left in their lives. And boomkins. And boomkins. That's the only joys they have left in their lives. So, I mean, I'll give that to them. Um, Very fun battleground. Uh, It is very dated in its mechanics because it is uh, is just a basic stand on point and collect flag. Hmm. But it it was, for the time, it was very interesting. Yes. So, the other one that kind of fits into the the uh, mechanic of a hybrid resource and capture the flag battleground is Deepwind Gorge, which was added in Myths of Pandaria. Uh, it's got, f- I want to say, three capture points. Uh, yes. There's one on the left side, one on the right side, and one in the very center of the battleground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the task here is, again, very much like Eye of the Storm, hold, you can either hold two uh and capture the enemy gold and bring it back to your base to build up resources or you want to hold all three to kind of just rush it to the end 
So that's the main objective for uh, Deep Wind Gorge. It's very similar to the Eye of Storm. There's no knock-away, kill-them-instantly points like there is in Eye of the Storm, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. Yeah, but, but there's an idiot trap in the middle. There is an idiot trap in the middle, yes. So the very middle point is everyone just usually fights over that, and it doesn't really end very well. So yeah. don't, don't do that. That's very bad way. It's a very easy way to lose and get distracted. Focus on rotating by God, people. Exactly. So again, you want to hold the middle one and one of the two sides or both the sides and do the same in what as you would do in warsong and twin peaks you capture the enemy flag or in this case gold cart and bring it back to your base and the same rule applies with these gold carts if the enemy team has your gold cart you cannot capture their gold cart so you have to make sure you kill the enemy carrier mm -hmm. um and then the last one of these hybrids we're going to kind of talk about is going to be Temple of Kotmogu. Um, this is the most rage-inducing battleground I have ever played. Oh, I, it's blacklisted for me. I always it's, have fucker blacklisted. Kotmogu is always one of my blacklists. Um, I hate, hate, hate this battleground. Okay, so Kotmogu is basically a super tiny version of Eye of the Storm. Sort of. Kind of. Not really. Um, it's a capture the flag but uh i think chris you described it as hutball yeah for anyone who's played star wars the old republic it's hutball but you don't have to score goals you just have to hold the ball and i hate it so freaking much um so there are four points on the map and they have an orb that you click uh you click the orb you basically pick up the colored flag for that area um it is rage-inducing because it does have the same dampening effect as, say, your Warsong Gulch or your Twin Peaks yeah. does. Except this one actually gives you a damage increase as well. Mm -hmm. so you take more damage, but you do more damage as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it still always means you're going to be getting chain-stunned and then blown up at some yeah. point. Because the opposing team always, always has a plan and always is going to be on top of your ass the entire time. Um I, I just, it's not fun to me. I know there are lots of people that absolutely love it for, if, if you're one of those people that likes having a lot of really intense fights in a small space, you're going to love it. Yeah. This is your battleground because the whole thing is like maybe the size of the Stormwind Cathedral. If that. If that much. Like, this is, this is like between the auction house and the bank at the trade district. If you remember the old Orgrimmar Arena from Wrath of the Lich King, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's about the size of that, if not a little smaller. Yep. So it is not a very big space. It is very frustrating for me to play in, but, I mean, there are people that like it. So, I mean, it's an interesting little resource race. I have yep. never won that battleground once. You uh, used uh, On Europe, it's very horde-dominant. So I was horrid up until this expansion. We won it all the fucking time. The second I swapped over Alliance, blacklisted that shit. Good man. <laughs> so do we want to talk? Which one do we want to talk about next? Do let's, we want to talk about the open? Let's No, let's talk about the Warfare. Okay. And we'll leave Strand. We'll talk about the first two, and then we'll leave Strand until the end. Strand is super unique in that. Yeah, completely unique. So we're going to talk about the two 40-man battlegrounds first. Now, these are classed as Warfare Battlegrounds. Uh, Alterac Valley, which was introduced in Vanilla. Place close uh, to my heart. 
Oh, the original Autolite Valleys. You will never, ever experience them, but you will miss them. Indeed. Uh, the other one we're <laughs> going to talk about there is going to be Isle of Conquest, which is, hey, coincidentally, my other band battleground. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> um, so uh, if you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about Alterac, you can feel free about that. Okay, so we're going to talk about the current Alterac Valley. We're not going to talk about... Uh, the older one, because that's you'll never experience that, and you will be sad that you've never experienced that. So, Alterac Valley, um, it's a 40-man battleground, and it's a essentially a t- north-to-south split for Horde and Alliance. The Horde owns the south, and the Alliance owns the north. Uh, the objective on this battleground is to get your opponents to zero resources. You both start at about 600, and for every kill on the, the the Alliance does to a Horde player, the Horde resources goes down by one, and vice versa. There are terror points that can be captured on this map. I think there are four for each side. So the Horde have four, the Alliance have four. If the Alliance uh, takes one of these points, it reduces the Horde uh, resources by 100, and if the Horde takes one of the Alliance points, reduces them by 100. There are two PvE bosses on this battleground as well for both sides. Um, and again, if you kill the first one, which is Belinda for the Alliance and mm-hmm. Gal for the Horde? Mm, yes, Belinda and Galv uh, in Stone Hearth, and I forget where Galv is actually at. Yes, so you've got Belinda uh, that the Horde have to kill and Gal that the Alliance have to kill. If you kill them, it again reduces the resources by 100. Uh, And then you've got the final bosses, which is Drektar, and I can't remember who the other one is. It's... uh, Oh, it's Drektar for the Horde, and it's... um, Oh, God. We always just called him Dwarf Guy. And I, I, I never pay attention to him because he's always screaming at me from the other side of the battleground while I'm sitting there trying to zerg Drekthar. <laughs> while I'm trying to zerg, while I was trying to zerg that fucker down, we always just said, "Kill the dwarf, kill the dwarf." Ah, uh, le- God, God, God damn it! Let me take a look. Um, <laughs> I, I, I should be ashamed of myself for not knowing this uh, as I an alliance player. Myself for not knowing this, I've killed him hundreds of times. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, d- 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 it's Stormpike. I know it's I know it's Storm. It's Commander Stormpike. We'll go with that, Commander Stormpike. Let's so just got, go with Commander Stormpike. You've got Drekthar on the Horde, Commander Stormpike on the Alliance. If either of these Vandar bosses, Stormpike, Vandar Stormpike. If either of these die, the team whose boss has pe- has died loses. So if Drekthar dies, the Horde loses. If Stormpike dies, the Alliance loses. That's the most efficient way to end the battleground is to kill the enemy team's final boss. Along mm-hmm. the way, you'll be taking down towers. You'll be picking up graveyards to allow your team to spawn closer to the battleground, uh, closer to the battlefield where the fights are actually happening. Graveyards are an idiot trap. Graveyards are idiot traps, yes, but th- people will deal with them anyway. There's I two know. graveyards that you don't want to capture. Which ones are they called? Which ones are they again? Ice Blood, I think. Ice Blood's one of them, and I can't and then, remember the other one. I don't is. remember what the Alliance side one is. So I know Ice yes. Blood's the one you don't want to capture Horde side, and then there's an Alliance side. No, one. it's it's, it's a mirror of one. That. Yeah. Um. So try and avoid taking graveyards unless they're further into the battle, and even then, you'll you don't really want to take them too much. Mm-hmm. Um. There 
it's, it's yeah most strategies these days revolve around leaving behind five to six people at mm -hmm. uh the alliance at your base um and just everybody else rushing downfield and zerging downfield as fast as possible leave 10 to 15 people at the opposing lieutenant so either belinda or galvanger uh and then everybody else just rushes just Zerg rushes straight down. You leave people behind to cap towers. Don't ever yeah. cap uh, graveyards. Um, now, the interesting mechanic with that is that uh, after you've captured, after you've captured the flag for the tower, you have a wait time. A pretty hefty wait time. What is it? It's five like a minutes? Minute. No, it's it's not five minutes anymore. I think they were just. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't played AV in a while. I think it's. I think it's a. I think it's a minute and a half or two minutes. Okay, so you have to actually hold the position. So a popular anti-Zerg strategy is to have a roving band of about 10 to 15 people just go back and recap towers. Yep. Just recap everything. And that then forces the game from a straight-up Zerg fest into a much slower Zerg fest. Resource fest. Yep. And that is the one thing everybody hates because AV is one of the most honor efficient battlegrounds there is. Uh, yes. Per hour, it's one of the best battlegrounds you can do if you're farming honor and the old system, I should say. Um, these days, well, even in the new system, I, I I haven't played since a lot of the new systems. I haven't played AV since. Well, no, I had to do AV because I needed that for uh, the uh, corrupted Ashbringer skin. For well, for every tower and every boss, every tower and every boss you take down, you still get that bonus honor. Uh, it's just towards the honor level, so it's still a good, it's do. still a very efficient way to get honor. It, it is a very efficient way to grind it out. So, um, that being said, AV is really fun. Uh, Chris and I could sit here and talk about that for weeks. Um, yeah, we so could. we're probably not going to. We're going to go over to IOC now, which is Isle of Conquest. Isle of Conquest was Cataclysm, if I remember Raff. correctly. It was, was wrath. It was. I hate patch. it so much. I hate it so much that I don't even think about it. I, I have blocked it completely from my mind. Um, so IOC was added, as Chris said, during Wrath. It is another 40v40 uh, battleground. It was Blizzard's attempt to recapture the joy of AV after they completely neutered and gutted the entire old AV. Yep. Um, it is way too damn busy. It is way too busy. Um, there's way are, too small to get my background. Yes, so it is everything we basically just said about AV, sons, the towers, and the graveyards applies right here. There are uh two resource bonus points on the map that give you a small trickle of bonus resources to offset any deaths you may be facing. There are the uh, the mines, or is it the oil? something whatever it's oil um, in the mines that do isn't it yeah so each side has a resource point that they can capture there are also three major points through the middle of the map uh equidistant between each uh keep uh and it is again uh horde is in the north this time and alliance is in the south um mm -hmm. On the eastern side of the map is the Zeppelin hangar. Uh, if you capture that, a allied Zeppelin will allow you to teleport up to it, and you can then jump down into your opponent's keep using a parachute. Bearing in mind, that's an airship of your lines. Airship of your lines, correct. Uh, the western side is the docks. The docks give you access to uh, siege weapons. Uh, the horde is forsaken catapults, and the alliance is uh, night elf glaive throwers. 
Well, the Horde still get the the Alliance still get the Forsaken catapults and sort of, and the Horde still get the glaives. Oh, we'll see. There you go. Uh, the Forsaken catapult actually can throw you over the opponent's uh, uh, walls. Keep- uh, and the glaive thrower, of course, is just a massive siege damage weapon. In the middle is the greatest idiot trap Blizzard has ever designed. Period. Yeah, for a battleground, the greatest idiot trap ever. It is called the workshop. The workshop, if captured after a long time, will spawn a super siege engine. Uh, it's a dwarven steam engine, uh, and you can use that to go beat down your opponent's walls. Um, so it, it does also spawn demolishers. It does also spawn some demolishers too. Um, the interesting fact is, is that this battleground was the first battleground battleground to use destructible features. Not true. Which one? Strand of the Ancients. That did come out before after Strand of the Ancients, didn't it? came out two patches before this one. Yeah, we'll see. There you go. You can go to hell. Um, <laughs> so the whole goal is to go to is capture points and then take your siege to the opponent's walls, break down their walls, get inside, capture their graveyard, and kill their boss. That's it. Alterac Valley, rinse and repeat without all the show. Yep. Without all the extra stuff, it's just Alterac Valley. Um, there's people have like everybody's like this is the grand strategy you take docks and you go straight in and blow their stuff up and it never works it should work but people are idiots it theoretically should work but then you get your ass kicked because horde has because the opponents have a complete uncontested access to the airship hangar or the zeppelin hangar and the workshop and, the, and all the stealthers come in and kill the glaives Mm-hmm. And then you remember Demon Hunter's spectral site. That doesn't work as effectively anymore. Nope. Um, so yes, um we we hate it. We hate it. Um but I mean there are people that do enjoy IOC. Yeah. So I uh, my blacklists are stra- are IOC and Temple of mm-hmm. So the last one to talk about in the sort of open warfare theme is going to be Strand of the Ancients. Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead and talk a little bit about Strand of the Ancients? Just uh, take a deep, even breath and find your happy place? Happy place. Okay, we're there. Okay, so Strand of the Ancients is a two-round battleground. It's actually the first two-round battleground that Blizzard actually introduced. So it is a siege... It's it's a castle defense kind of battleground. Mm -hmm. It is a turret Um, defense, basically. The defending team starts off in their keep, which has three walls defending its main core. Uh, The attacking team starts off on Forsaken ships and come into the coast. They have then to, using siege engines and bombs, work their way up, destroying the gates on the way and capturing graveyards to give them an advantage by being closer to the next gate uh, and destroy the gates all the way up to the final gate that defends the core. Once they take down the very inner sanctum, they can click on the core and that resets the round. It it swaps the teams around and the same happens going uh, from the The other team. The other side, yes. So the the defending team will be attacking, the attacking team will be defending. The only difference in the second round is that the new attacking team has the same amount of time 
that the enemy that the previous attacking team had had to used. complete that used thank you to complete the battleground so if the previous attacking team uh, completed it in five minutes the enemy team the new attacking team only has five minutes or less to win this round if the enemy team wins within that five minutes they are the winning team if they do not the previous attacking team is the winner because the the new attacking team couldn't beat them in their in their attack it's a clusterfuck it is um so (laughs) imagine the map is a giant triangle basically um there are two points of entry on each side on the first layer of walls uh is there a second set of two, or is it just a, one on the second one? There's a there's a, a set of two, a second set of two, a one and a one. Yeah. So there are two separate paths you can go up. The team, the attacking team, is split evenly between each side. Um, and on the docks where they arrive, there are some demolishers and there are bombs. The whole idea is that your team zergs up one side. Basically, that's you. You hear us say zerg up a lot. So. Uh, you basically zerg up one side and you cap it as quickly as possible. Uh, the defending Zerg team has Zergrush. The the defending team does have some uh, mounted turrets that have terrible angles, um, and basically it really just comes down to being in front of the wall. Like the problem is, is that once they've breached the second set of walls, uh, Attack on Titan reference, um, there is. A lot of momentum behind the opposing team and it makes it really difficult to stop a push at that point um i don't like the battleground i don't i, I just oh, no, don't. i can't stand this one Good I, I i just don't like this battleground um, but it's better than the other two yes it is moderately better than the other two i will give you that much um we have taken forever so let's just kind of breeze through the other three that we kind of have yeah these are considered open world backgrounds because they are actually in the open world they're on your map if you go into uh north range you'll see Wintergrass. if you go to cataclysm you'll see tolbarad if you go to draenor yeah draenor main fart draenor you'll see ashran uh these are essentially blizzard trying to bring back world pvp in a structured fashion. Wintergrass was amazing. It was essentially Strand of the Ancients, but on a massive scale. On a, on a whole zone scale. Yeah. Um, Tall Barad was a really oh. interesting little instanced island. Ashra, it was kind of like, Tall Barad was kind of like an Arathi basin, but mm-hmm. on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And Ashran is cluster fuck of IOC proportions uh, with yeah, five million like, little events. It's kind of like everything rolled into one with a lot of like many events there as well. Yep. Um, the yeah, These I mean are, they're you, all fun. You can queue for you can queue for Wintergrass and Tolbarad. Mm-hmm. You can't queue for Ashran. You have to go to Ashran to do Ashran. Yeah, you have to yeah, go to Ashran to actually show up to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, they're all they all have like little objectives. Wintergrasp, Yeah, it's it's exactly Strand of the Ancients. You, it is literally Strand of the Ancients. Break through walls, get to the core, touch the core, and that's it. Um, the team that controls Wintergrasp at the end of the 
event for the day for that time period gets access to the vault of archivon which was a very good uh little little pin loot pinata reward for doing winter grasp and actually participating um tall barad gave access to of course the uh the prison yeah tall barad it gave you access to the prison which again another loot pinata ashran just so pvp much. just pvp yeah um now the interesting fact is is that um wintergrass and tall barad are no longer relevant. considered relevant content ashran has stayed relevant content yes Blizzard is, really is pushing ashran as an evergreen content yeah which um, i'm okay with but at the same time it's like just let it die yeah um yeah that's that really covers about it i mean there are other there's other little places that you can talk about also um venture bay crassering wilds places like that where it is kind of that sort of semi world pvp kind of thing but yeah uh it's not really it never really worked uh blizzard has a problem with trying to uh force world pvp within constraints um and it never works no um, that really covers it. Asheron is just follow your group and take objectives. Pretty much. Uh, it's basically whoever has the bigger group and is actually doing the uh, game objectives. The the Asheron yells at you constantly and tells you where to go. You. Yeah. So just follow the mass of people and you'll be fine. I can't think of anything else to say about those. Uh, Kevin, do you have any questions? Um... I mean, usually when I play these, I just try to follow the group, like you said, and, mm -hmm. you know, try not to die. <laughs> Which, yeah. as a healer, is very difficult. Yeah, as a healer, oh, yeah. I'm usually the one getting pounded the entire match. So, <laughs> okay, cool. uh, I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, you, you have a little bit of a unique challenge in that you're coming into a... A lot of these are like PvP kind of focus, yeah. but they have a PvE or a player versus something else uh, yeah, aspect. Yeah, player to versus environment. Trying that, to take that, an objective. That's PvE, yeah. That, that's, that's literally that's, what PvE means. This is player versus player versus environment. This is all three in one. There you go. Yep. Yep. Um, so it, it's, I, I salute you for being a healer inside of these, and uh, I, I hope that uh, one day you know uh your addiction to masochism you know is 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 cured yeah because you are very masochistic if you heal battlegrounds <laughs> for sure all right um and i think that's it for the show chris do you want to take it away did we remind everybody that uh go get some battlegrounds done that's your challenge yeah, that's a challenge do that yeah. Go get some battlegrounds done. Go get in there and have some fun. We, you, you. If you've listened to this long, you've heard us wax eloquently and uh, you know rage heavily. So go find your eloquence and your rage. Find the one that you love and find the one that you blacklist over no other. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just go have some damn That's fun. A, you there's bastards. there's a question. There's a question. Chris, uh -huh. your favorite battleground. Favorite battleground. Uh, you asked me that uh, ten years ago. It was Alterac Valley. You asked mm -hmm. me that today. I'm probably gonna say uh, it's. It would have to be uh, Eye of the Storm. I still, for some reason, just love Eye of the Storm. I don't know what it is. And what's your two blacklists again? Coat <laughs> uh, Magu and Isle of Conquest. If I had a choice, I would also throw Stern of the Ancients in there. Okay. 
Uh, Kevin, your favorite? Um, I actually like Alterac Valley when it takes long and it's not Zergy. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it's an actual war going on. You know, it I takes understand a while that. And, you know, there's different points to take. I mean, I, w I will take a takeaway to not take the graveyards because that was one of the traps that I was falling into. Fair enough. Uh, what okay. two do you blacklist? Um, I black Silver Shard Mines because I just don't like that map. It's a little too chaotic for me. Um, and I can't remember the other one that I've blacklisted, but um, you know, I think it's probably Deep One Gorge. I think probably the time we did it. I think the time that you and I did it, do you and I did all those battlegrounds? It was Deep One Gorge was the one you. Did. Yeah, I probably did one match of it, and I was like, "All right, that's now blacklisted forever." <laughs> <laughs> Whereas for me, I'm the exact same as Chris. If you asked me ten years ago, Ultra Valley, hundred percent. I cannot, I cannot hate Eye of the Storm. I love that battleground. It's just, it's so, it's, it's really, it's pure so simplistic and what it is. Yeah, it's just like rotate, 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 capture the flag, rotate, rotate. That's it. Kill all the things while you run. <laughs> exactly. It's, and, it's so pure. And, and, and I already know what your blacklists are. So, Kotmogu, Isle of Conquest, and if I could, Strand, 100%. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, we're pretty similar on this respect. So. I know. We love the same, we hate the same. I think that about covers everything. Hmm? Yep. Jump in there. PvP is not something to be afraid of. I know people are the same way in Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you're fighting players and it's more difficult to do that. And you might get some hate from other people that are on your team. But overall, it's pretty fun. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, Chris. Me or... You, you, <laughs> me. You. Okay, so that's our show this week, folks. Uh, if you want to talk to us during uh, the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Azroth CEC. Kevin is at Swingcat with a K. I am uh, or oh, Akari uh, underscore Magtheridon, which is A K A R I, uh, and Galv is Galvril uh, underscore E T, which is G A V R I I L. Uh, if you like uh, to find us in game, we're on the Dalaran server. You can chat with us uh, using the chat channel ACTC. Uh, and if you want to email the show, you can email the show at azerothctc at gmail.com. That's it. Go away. Bye. GTFO. Bye, Go away. <laughs> Go. Shoo. <laughs>